Hi, I'm Greg Greenfell. And I'm Libby Fulton. And, and we, we like to garden. We like to garden. We like, we like to garden. We like to garden. We like, we like to garden. Libby. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm really good. Okay. Good. Good to hear. <laughs> like we haven't just been catching up for an hour. <laughs> Eating sandwiches. We did eat some sandwiches. Yeah. They were tight. We yeah. bought them around. It was cute. Yeah. What have you been up to the garden? In the garden? Yes. Actually, not heaps. Just mostly taking care of seedlings. Are you taking notes out of my book? That's my line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I feel like seedlings is a full-time job. It is. It's quite hard taking care of them. They just dry out at the drop of a hat. <laughs> and... It's just giving them enough airtime, I guess, as well. And because we can't have the greenhouse open because of the dog, oh. I get really stressed out about them getting too hot. And it has been quite cold, but real hot during the day here yeah, in Christchurch and the at the moment. the sun has been really bright. So yes. I feel like even if the wind's cold inside the greenhouse, it's like super warm. So um, I just check on them every evening. And so far, so good. Great. Still news. waiting for some things to germinate. Lots of the flowers... Haven't germulate, germulated, germinated yet. Um, but oh, we talked about the campanulas. How they hadn't? They have all germinated. Great. So I think they're just like a long germination rate. The yep. equilegias have finally popped up, cool. and they would have been like a month ago, maybe. Yeah, some, I, yeah, yeah. And yeah, some of the flowers I'm still waiting on, but mostly everything's going pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and. That's actually all I've been doing is just looking after the seedlings. And have you transplanted any yet? We have put all the tomatoes into bigger pots. And I really need to do the night-scented stock. Yeah. Uh, Nothing else is super ready yet. Okay. Yeah. Probably another what, do you reckon? So I think that by the time Labor Weekend rolls around, which will be the end of October, is usually when you can start putting things in the garden, in Christchurch anyway. Mm. It's usually pretty safe by then. It's a lot warmer. Days are longer. So I think Labor Weekend... Which is about a month away. Yeah. So that would be right, wouldn't it? Yeah. So what about you? Um, As usual, nothing (laughs) much to report, just more mess at our property. Did you go around and look at it? I haven't been because, um, did we talk about last time? They've got asbestos in any way. They've, like, locked off the property. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) They found it in the roof. Lining, long story short, old houses just full of lots of wee traps when you're trying to, like, renovate. Um, Oh, my God, do you know, just as a total aside, nothing to do with gardening, that asbestos is mined? Yes, I did not know this until recently. Yeah, I heard about it on a podcast about a cult, and they lived in an asbestos mining town. Okay, that wasn't where I was getting it from, but I've heard about that recently too. I must listen like, to this. Asbestos mining? Like, yeah, and I didn't know why. How toxic. <laughs> but why did they start using it in the first place? And what is it? I think, Do you know what I mean? Like, when you mine it, like, what is it? It's obviously a mineral deposit. Yeah. I don't know. But did they use it because they thought it was cheap and easy? When they were I feel like or... yeah, I feel like they didn't know how toxic it was. Maybe when they first started yeah. using it, it's just people didn't know these things. Yeah, I mean they used to think that when you were sick, you needed to let blood out of your body. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we just learn as we go. We just learn. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. Uh, so yeah, they've locked like gated it off the um, building site until it's because it's all cont- classes contaminated and so until it's all remote like i probably could break through the gates just not going to 
and I'd have to find the key to the padlock. You yeah. know, it's a lot of admin. Oh yeah, and I just <laughs> and I, you don't. The reason they secure that site is because it's not safe. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so you just really want to listen to that. Because <laughs> I've got like a skip that the stuff's going into and stuff. But anyway, the only positive thing is that we have decided a bit more on our landscaping plan for the two cool. side areas of the house. And they're quite tricky areas because one's like they're very narrow um, and close to two fences. And one is on the northern side, but it doesn't actually get much sun because mm. of the fence. So on that side, it has a row of camellias Mm -hmm. and they're quite mature ones. And usually I'm not, as we know, a super huge fan of those real gaudy pinks and reds. Mm. But I'm actually going to get more camellias for, um, there's a a wee patch where um, there's usually some weeds. Um, Just to fill that in, I'm going to get some quite like mature trees mainly because they grow well there and I was like it'll actually look quite nice like a big row of them yeah eventually and I'm going to bark that and then we're going to repurpose the pavers that we've um we're going to have a wooden deck so where our pavers were out in our entertainment unit that's where I'm going to like make a path down there nice. on the, where it's grass and like just really make it quite like f- not formal but what's the word I'm looking for yeah structured, structured. yeah so it looks just nice and clean and tidy and We've got this, these um, Mexican orange blossoms out the front under our mop tops yeah. in the driveway. And long story short, they had that aphid mite situation, yeah. which we might go into later. And so we had to replace one hedge and we need to replace the other hedge now because it's just gotten away on us. It's it's point of no return. So we're going to clear that out. And I was like, hmm. Not sure what, like, hedging we were going to do, but I've decided now I'm just going to put in much to what I personally want to do. And no, you know, no crimes to other people that do it. And we have got um, Grisselinia everywhere else. But I was just like, in the end, I'm like, it's cheap. It grows quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It looks good. So I'm going to put that down um, the driveway side. And because it gets real hot with the asphalt, and that one works well. And it's under trees. And I think that'll look quite nice with the other hedge yeah so it'll grow in quickly and the other side instead of trying to is like much more narrow and really dry we're just gonna put like um stones like the little shisty no yeah. not shist pebbles yeah but i was looking at that man i've never had to use it before the pricing of that white chip the limestone oh like 200 something dollars a square meter limestone chips yeah the one i was looking at Oh, um, well, we got that Omaru stone. It was nowhere near oh, that. I didn't look at that. The only other one that I looked at, and it's that like grey and coppery colour, is that um, the Kaipoi Rounds people. I'm just looking at my notes as I say that. And that was the cheapest <laughs> shingle, and there's a reason why. Oh. <laughs> it was only like 100 and something, 110 per square metre. A square is quite a lot. Is it? I can't tell with measurements. I suppose it's deep as well, like a metre by a metre by a metre. if you think about a cube. How much did you get order for your – I can't remember. I can't remember. That's right. I think I would need a full square. I think you would need a full square, yeah. For that side path. Yeah. And I'll have to measure it out before I go there and say to them, this is the area I've got. What what would you recommend to fill it all in? Yeah. And so now I've got that sorted. So – at least I made the call on it. So now I've just got to get it ordered and have it ready to pick up. And I might 
order the get the plants, the hygiene next time. Even if there's a sale, like Labor Weekend, mm. I might try and pick them up. So I've got them and just keep them in their um, packets. Yep. Is that what you call them? A pot. <laughs> you know how they come in like the bigger ones? Come in like the... Oh, like a grow bag. Yeah, grow yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. And just keep them like that until we can put them in. Yeah. Once they're finished. So that's exciting. That's really cool planning. That's just planning, Greer. So. I know, but that's half the fun, so, I reckon. I know, it is. And getting it organised now, knowing exactly what we want to do. Yes. So yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So it'll look good once it's done, but that's yeah. it. Uh, we'll move on. A what to sew in October? Oh, yes. So pretty much everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I basically, with my research, I don't know what you did, Greer, I was looking into things that you can more direct sew at this time. Yep. So sort of more late spring down yep. here, um, early summer, I suppose, but starting to get organized for that. Mm-hmm. And, and what's there, like the beans, peas, carrots? Yeah. And so... I actually did a little bit of research because I was like, mm. like I know what I would do, but what would someone else say? Like, yeah. So when I I looked up Joe Carroll that does like the gardening, um, NZ Gardener, she does articles and she used to be the editor, is or maybe she still is. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Looking at um, the veggies and herbs that dislike to be transplanted, like the other things. Oh yeah, yeah, and. I never thought of that before. Like I just thought, oh, you just sew everything once it's warm. And it's actually true because I direct sew always like parsley because it self-seeds itself mm. or I've like just thrown um, it underneath my roses and things when I was real into companion guides. Yeah. Um, and coriander and anything that's got a long taproot, which makes sense and doesn't yeah. like it being like disturbed. So like carrots. Yeah. And radishes. And the other things that I've grown over the years that I have sown directly that actually are the only things that I've been successful with. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a really good, because our friend Megan was asking about carrots and whether, I think it was Megan, mm. and whether she should plant them in trays to put in the garden later. And I was like, I've never seen anyone sow yeah. carrots into trays. So I assume that you don't you need don't. And I don't know if that's because you don't need to or because they don't work so well. I don't know. But that is good to know. I'm sure you probably could, but I, I think it's just as easy because that's yeah, the other thing. It, obviously, the benefit of um, sewing in your trays to start with is you're guaranteed to get some good quality parts. But obviously, it's time exhausting, as Greer said, because you have to like check on them. You have yeah. to, you're going to have to harden well, the them. The benefit in. is, is that you can start them earlier than you would yes. be able to. So you get a better, longer growing season out of them. That made sense to me about the carrots. Yeah. Cause I was like, that's what I've had success with. Success with. And also the other veggies that I've always direct. So, cause I've been lazy as I've talked about before. I've never really sown much in trays before. Mm. Like I always just put them into containers or straight in the garden and so brassicas yeah but my success rate with them is more to the fact that i can never keep the water enough on them and they always sprout on me and stuff yeah which is annoying but definitely the lettuces yeah like my zona um cos and is it the butter head variety is that what they're called you know the yes. fancy one of the fancy yeah. lettuces that i always direct so into either like large containers or straight into the ground and by large containers, I mean like half-cut barrels that I've yep. got. Um, 
Uh, that's interesting about breast because I saw someone, it was on Instagram, and someone was asking questions about their garden, and they yeah. said that they just don't even plant brassicas for summer yeah because it's way too hard to get them to not bolt and so they use that as their like autumn winter crop and And going they just leave them and some of they just don't even bother i would highly recommend that from my eras we've planted some broccoli and it'll be see how it goes and i even one summer thought i won't trial the broccoli i got that sprouting broccoli you know the baby head ones and even that just went to flower on me and yeah i just Either you have to time it before that December, January sort of yeah, that heat. heat. Because I, or if you're aware of that time, like I would go away, you know, be busy for like a day or something, come back and I didn't water the garden that night. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. already like, it's so quick. But, yeah. um, but they have always grown for me from, um, direct sowing. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe some other. Yeah, keener gardeners might be, and because it is getting to that time, it's probably for a lot of things. It's probably a little bit too cold. Uh, nights are probably a little bit too cold still. Yeah, but by the end of October, you can be direct sowing everything pretty much, can't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's like veggie wise. And then the other tip that I was looking at, which I'm definitely guilty of not doing so much, was you know when preparing your outdoor garden for your seeds, because obviously it's a little bit different to when you're transplanting seedlings and things, or buying seedlings from the shop when you pop them in. Yeah, you're still going to break up the soil and get it ready, but um, when after you've like turned over the soil, if you've added your compost or like your fertilizer and things, was um breaking up the large soil clods. Yeah. I usually have been guilty of just, just chucking them to the side, to the back of the garden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but really breaking them down so that once you've sown and when you put the soil back on top, you're not putting those big clods back on. I have done that. Yeah, and it's yeah. a terrible way to go. <laughs> <laughs> and it talked about just raking over lightly. Yeah. Before you put the seed down. And I was like, oh, I never thought of like raking it. Like once I've turned it over and broken it down a little bit, yeah, it's like really getting in there with the rake to make sure it's real fine soil on the top. Yeah, true. Because they do need lots of air and light yeah. and stuff, don't they? Uh, I have never direct sown anything in the garden, like flower-wise. Mm. I think we talked about that last week just because we don't really mm. have enough space. Like I can't really afford to use that real estate and just sprinkle some seeds and, and see what pops up. Yeah. So I need to be a bit more. Yeah. But you don't have to. But no. Only work with what. Yeah. And actually nature has um, sown seed all through the garden anyway. So. And your garden's really good at that. Like yeah. Like stuff that comes up. And so I have sown wild seed mixes, um, wildflower seed mixes in my garden and had varying success with what comes up. Or I've just dumped the seed into an empty pot that I've got and I've had success with that. With Greer, we've talked about hasn't. Yeah. But flower seeds, the same as what Greer said, was um more tender annuals can be grown like from now on. Yeah. So like zinnias, um calendula species, Cosmos. Uh, Cosmos. You probably have already gotten like more hardy ones like the sweet pea and the mm. Lark. Yeah, larkspurs are interesting. So, because they recommend that in autumn, eh? Yeah, but none of my larkspurs, seed, like self seeded larkspurs, Come survived up. the winter. Oh, didn't they? I found one under the Mexican orange blossom yeah. about a month ago, and I gave it to one of our friends because she was looking for plants for a garden. And, but yeah, nah. 
That was only... I'm sure we'll have heaps more crop up in spring because we did last year. Like, I had to pull heaps out because we just had too many. Or maybe they're still just waiting their time. Yeah, I think it's just maybe not. And I have actually sowed... I bought a new variety of larkspur that we don't have in the garden. Yeah. And I've sowed it into punnets and only one of them's popped up and it's been in there for ages. So I think either it's just not warm enough for them yet or uh, they just have a really long germination. Well, I wondered that because... The other one that it talked about was like putting in some like gypsophila, which I've always tried to grow. Like I've tried from seed and in plants in my garden and it often never works. And it talks about if you're doing it in seed, like doing it early, like you can do it in late autumn and mine never mm. comes away. And I don't know if it's because it's too wet or it gets too cold. And the other thing which I thought was interesting about flower seeds, because I've never really thought about I've sort of been a, as we know, spray and hope with my yeah. flower seeds, was um, good ones for direct sowing are often ones, as Greer knows, that come up like a self-seeding anyway. So naturally yeah. the ones that you've got that come up year after year, they're great for just direct sowing. Like you don't, if you can't be bothered or you think you've missed, like it's too late yeah. to, to have sown indoors. So again, like Nigella poppies, foxgloves, like... Yeah, foxgloves are a massive yeah. self-seeder. Cosmos. Lupins. And yeah, lupins are a great one. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the things that crop up in our garden. I mean, we're still getting foxglove crop up, and we didn't even have foxgloves last year because we thought the puppy would eat them and because they're poisonous for animals. Yeah, they are. So we took all the foxgloves out, and even this year we've still got foxgloves popping up. Like They'll just keep going for it forever. Yeah. And um, I was just thinking, like, marigolds. Oh, yeah. They're quite good. Lots of people don't really like them, but mm. they're good, easy ones to do. Um, not for me, thanks. <laughs> not for me, thanks. <laughs> Too orangey bright. Yeah. I actually um, used to hate them, but now I actually really quite like them in the right setting. Yeah. But again, probably not in my garden. <laughs> Just in a pot, maybe in pots, like a fiery yeah, yeah. in the heat of summer at the end there yeah. when nothing else is sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to do my summer pots. Yeah. And I actually, what my mum does with them is she just crushes, um, like once they've like spent at the end of summer, the seed head, she just like crushes that around your pot and leaves them for next year. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. So. Tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Karina? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, October is the month where you can start doing everything. Yes, just that go you've for been planning. So it's getting warmer. Everything's going to grow. Uh, so just go for it. Yeah. And you're not going to know until you trial. No. Basically. Well, and actually, this might be a good thing to talk about now is that we're going to start a Facebook page. Yeah. Um. So if people want to join that Facebook page, we haven't made it yet, but I assume it's <laughs> going to be called We Like to Garden. And if people want to, because then that way people, like listeners, you guys can share photos. And yes. if people need advice on something they're doing, I really encourage people to get involved in it. I think it will be a really cute way to connect with each other. Yeah, and it'll be easier for everyone else to see what you're up to as well. Yeah. Mm. Come along, make some friends. Let's make a community. That's what we're all about, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, and now we're going to talk about uh, pest control. Yeah, when I we started talking about this, Greer was not happy. I hate them. 
mostly snails and slugs. Yeah. Like physically have a reaction to them. I vomited once when I saw a slug. Yeah. I was already She's not lying. I'm not lying. (laughs) Ask my sister. She was there. Yeah, she's (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I really just hate their slimy bodies. They gross me out so much. (laughs) (laughs) Is it because they're quite slow moving as well? No, it's the slimy body. Ah, okay. I just, yuck. And because, to be fair, you hate eyeballs as well, so it's a similar. Wet. Wet, slimy. Yeah. Yeah, not into it. And it really upsets me when I think that I'm starting. Because when you have a flower garden, as oh. I've previously had, it doesn't really matter if there's slugs and snails in the garden. You don't ever see them because they're not out in the day and they don't really eat all your plants. If they eat a leaf of a daily or whatever, like, who cares? Yeah. But now that I'm growing veggies, I have to care about them because otherwise they're going to eat the veggies. This is true. And also, I used to think the same, and I actually am doing in my research for this, it says that uh, slugs and snails don't really like hostas. Well, big to differ. No, that's not true at all. They um, do love hostas. They do. I had one in saying that. It's I feel like they famously var- love hostas. Okay. <laughs> No, it said like certain varieties they don't like. And it's true. One variety of mine, a variegated one, they never touch. But one, this massive, my biggest one, it's like not variegated. I have no idea what it's called. Um, They love it. They go to town on it. And that one always gets chewed to pieces. And the other ones are all around it, but they just love this, this one. Yeah. And I'm like, big to differ. They are like crazy for my hosta. Yeah, no, I feel like they do. They have a reputation for loving hostas. Okay, I wouldn't trust that website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, nah. I'd cross that research right out. <laughs> uh, it was. I'm trying to think where I wrote the most of them down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we will talk about how to control slugs and snails. And also, what else have we got? Aphids. Fids. I am the, the only two things I did with slugs and sows and aphids. Yeah, I'm gonna be and with earwigs for the dahlias. Oh, I didn't I think, think I've that. talked about that before, but the earwigs go to town on dahlias. They do. What do you usually do with them? Do paper? Yeah, paper and paper? paper and the toilet roll. Yeah, which isn't great on a windy day. <laughs> uh, upside down terracotta pots with peace straw. Ah. Yeah. Which is what Charlie McCormick does. I think I've talked about that before. They talked about that with, um, you can do that with like an upside down to like pot for trapping slugs yeah, and stuff. In too. Yeah, I read that too. So should we do slugs and snails first and get the gross ones out of the way? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really interested in this because I know that I'm going to have to get on top of them if I want to be eating yes. vegetables. And also I really freak out at the thought that I'm going to pick a lettuce one day and there's going to be a slug in there and I know that that is probably going to happen to me it's 100% going to happen and I'm just going to have to cross that bridge when I come to it yeah you are Yuck. anyway <laughs> uh, the one number one thing I found as well was that and this is what Monty always talks about is having a wildlife friendly garden yes. because the more uh, diverse Bi- yeah, biodiversity yeah, you, have. you have then the food chain kind of takes care of itself yeah. So the greater the nutrients you're going to have available for your plants. Exactly. And so if you have a garden that's really friendly towards wildlife, you have the kind of things coming in to the garden that will eat the slugs and the snails. In mm-hmm. a small urban garden in the middle of a city, which is what I have, that's not going to happen. I first of all, it's fully fenced. Like well, there's no hedgehogs around here. No. <laughs> you know, like they're not coming. There's no way for them to Beach get in. Beach and Differ. We have hedgehogs at my house. 
Yeah, but yours isn't like fully fenced or anything, oh, okay. is it? No. I feel like there's no gaps in our fence. <laughs> like we have to, it's fully contained because of the dog. So, I mean, I would love a hedgehog. I think they're so cute, but yeah. You Beatrix Potter. Honestly, that's so cute. I would never touch one. Yuck. But. <laughs> I used to have a pet one. I used the word pet loosely. Yeah, as I was say it. <laughs> As in, I used to just feed one that when we lived at the beach on a little saucer. I used to feed it like Oh, yeah. Milk. We used to do that when we were kids when they came around. It was really cute. They are cute. Wouldn't touch it, but still. Uh, but apart from that, if you can't have wildlife in your garden, we don't all have a country cottage that we can just entice Get some things. chickens. Yeah. And, yeah. Another thing, actually, that I have seen on Instagram is ducks. People buy ducks yeah. because they eat the slugs. That's their main food source. And so, and they're much more gentle than chickens when they're picking through the veggie garden. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. The chicks will go to town on some crops. Yeah. And they scratch everything up. Yeah. Ducks are much more gentle and they're soft beak. You know how they've got really mm. round bills. They are really okay, good. Okay, girl. At, <laughs> I really want ducks. <laughs> That's so cute. You can get all these different kinds you of ducks. Can. Yeah. So <laughs> have you been at Willowbank recently? They have some great ducks. I things. haven't been to yeah. Willowbank since I was a child, and as I don't have children, I don't <laughs> often frequent there. Okay. I think you might have been with your niece and No. Year. I haven't. Anyway, apart from that, coffee grounds. Oh yes. I'll be trying that. I saw that one. Uh eggshells. Yeah. Crushed up eggshells because they don't like the sharp. Yeah, so when I was looking at that, I had no idea. I knew about the crushed up eggshells. But I didn't know why they didn't, and it stops the motion of the, like, they get, the body can't traction when they move, they undulate, so that's why they don't like it. So, like, creating a physical barrier. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, and also, um, but also those two things in particular are really good for your soil. Yes. So once they work into the soil, you just keep adding more on top, and it's actually improving the quality of your soil at the same time as being a pest control. Double Double banger there. Yeah. Uh, I know that a really common one is the bear trap. Yes. And I know that Jack's had some success with that before. I've had success with that. Yeah. So you just put it in a saucer, I guess, buried in the ground. They love the bear. They go for it and they drown. But oh. then you have to empty the dead slugs out. Like, <laughs> oh, I love that bit. Um, oh, you sicko. <laughs> <laughs> or um, they used to sit um, on the... Um, weatherboards on the side of our house on the underneath oh yeah so i used to pluck them off and go try and either put them like out the front of our house or in the green bin and i'm pretty sure that's not what your green bins for but i kind of hoped that they would be transported somewhere nice to live off the green waste but i think they just get trent because i've we've put snails in the green bin before as well because if you put them out the front of your property they're just going to come back i know but i don't want to kill them <laughs> so, sometimes oh i feel like <laughs> go for it <laughs> i think if you put them in the green bin they just end up in the waste pile at the dump and then they get made into compost so they're really helping us in the end <laughs> they are they're just adding some more nutrients it's the circle of life <laughs> um i found that interesting as well the other uh you can buy they call it biodynamic soil or something and it has bits of like sharp stones or they, they make yeah, this, fossils yeah so that they don't which I've never heard of, that, so they can't find that hard to move Yeah, over. it's still that kind of sharp, gritty kind of texture. Yeah. And it's ground up fossils, but it's, yeah, it's like a type of dirt, like hard foot, I guess. And the other one that's not good for your garden, but is harsh like that, is they said like little bits of sandpaper. Yes, yeah. Which seems like a waste of old sandpaper. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do that one. Uh, one thing I was very interested in was the copper tape. Yes. So you can buy rolls of copper tape and they can't go over it because it creates currents in their little bodies. Like, shame. <laughs> and so 
So uh, I saw people had rolled it up into a circle and then placed it around the base of their plant. Uh, I wondered how, rather than just doing lines around the garden. Yeah, and then I also thought, but then that only works when your plants are little because mm. as they get bigger, then their leaves start touching each other and they just yeah. use them as a bridge. But I did think with that copper tape, I wonder, because we've got the brick beds, yeah. if I could just put it around the brick around yeah. the outside. That's what I was But then imagine. I don't know how I would how I would get it to stick because I don't know in the rain how the adhesive, how sticky the adhesive is going to be. Do you reckon I could super glue it to the beds? Yeah. I was just thinking, could you like um, get some little wire hooks from this yeah. and then just prop them over it and then like work, pin it to, pin the, it to yeah. the, just bend it so it's like not, Hooked in the soil, but mm. not hooked on your brick, and then yeah. place it under it. Because I did see some pictures of people that had put it around the outside of pots. Yeah. So they can't come up the outside of the pot. What uh, about, is there some that you can get that's not on tape, like buy some copper wire that's um, in a roll? Yeah. And tie it? Yeah. I'm going to look, at, I reckon that is, I'm going to look into the copper tape for myself. I'm going to probably try mm. and do something with it because it seems like you can just kind of set it and forget it. You don't have to keep topping things up. No. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. And there are organic slug pellets. Did you see that? No, I didn't. So they're made from uh, iron phosphate instead of what uh, they're usually made of, which I don't know is really toxic for that people. That metal aldehyde. Yes. So that's a no-go if you're trying to be organic and not use chemicals and stuff. They use iron phosphate, which is a much more healthy and does improve your soil as well, I think. That's a good option. I once, I'm ashamed to say, I have used that metal aldehyde when I had a real bad situation with pellets, and then I had no idea how bad I'd like to say this is like 10 years ago they didn't I didn't realize how bad it was and I went to use it one year but we had a cat by then and I saw how toxic it was yeah I was like I can't use it anymore no so yeah if you've got animals small children definitely do not use normal slug pellets oh and you should handle them with gloves and like take all those precautions and stuff because they are really toxic I'm pretty sure I just shook it from the box like yeah (laughs) (laughs) terrible but um, the other one that I have tried is um, lols is um, salt. I got like by Joe, oh, yeah, um, yeah. you know, just your usual big um, tub of it. They're like loose, not like classy yeah, like yeah, rock yeah. salt or um, sea salt in a grinder. Like the straight up iodized salt. Yeah, the table salt. Do you know what though? Because as soon as it rains, it dissolves into the soil, and it's really bad for your soil. And such a waste of money, like honestly. But I can't remember. I think I was just like, oh yeah, that'll work. And just. I think people used to do that all the time, and then, but yeah, it's not good for your soil to have that much salt in it. <laughs> Gosh, just terrible. Um, I've also seen people use wool, like offcuts of wool, okay, around the plants. That's what cracked me up. So when I was reading this, it said about wool, ashes, and fur. Fur. <laughs> and I was like busy myself. And I was like, how do they get the fur to stay there? And then I don't know, but I was just imagining like, you know, you got a whole heap of cat fur, dog fur in your furniture. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> Sprinkle it around. around. And I was like, it would just blow away. It definitely would. So I think so I've seen people it? use the wool in like a polytunnel or a greenhouse. Ah, yeah. So somewhere that's a little bit more protected, I guess. I just don't think you could use it outside. It would so just, just blow not away get, in a breeze. Yeah, Vera's clumps of fur from his brush you'd be like, ah. No. I was like cracking up. Also, I just feel like you'd have so much fur in your salad crops. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I mean, I will definitely be experimenting. But ashes? Yeah, ashes. I think you just have to be careful because when we did... Composting, when, composting you can put it too much. very 
something rich and I think too much of it can burn plants. Yeah, it's so, to use it sparingly. Yeah, so I'd be careful about using ashes for anything. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely be experimenting. I'd say we'll have bear traps, try yeah. and do the copper tape, uh, eggshells probably. And you won't remove them manually if you see them? That was another one. Or killing the eggs is a good uh, one. I, Jack will probably remove them manually. Yeah. I would like to do prevention rather than, yeah. because they gross me out so much, I would rather stop them in their tracks and yeah. get them to not come to the beds at all. What about um, the other one was like growing slug-resistant like companion plants around your plants? Yes, so, so they really don't like some plants. Like rosemary? Yeah, rosemary, garlic, Yeah, which you grow in winter, so that's probably not that helpful. Uh, yeah. Impatience, which I thought was weird. Oh, yeah. Is nasturtium, because you know how people always grow nasturtium in veggie gardens? That was one of them. I was thinking about, I'm not typically that fond of nasturtium, but I was thinking of getting some purely for the... Marigolds? Marigolds, yeah. Which they're all quite good companion planting ones for lots of pests. Yeah. um, And the other one, which I thought was interesting, and is like a simple one, and anything to help, was just changing your watering cycle. So instead of doing evening... Watering yes, to make because they like the damp soil. Yeah, and they the act, love damp soil. And the act of at night is do it. Yeah, in the morning. Yeah, and that was a big thing about wicking beds as well, is because the surface is never damp uh, because you're watering from underneath. Slugs don't it's like it. Way you get way less pests because they don't like the dry soil to move across. That's a great, great tip. Yeah. So if only we had done the wicking beds. <laughs> If only you measured them out. I would have done that too. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy mistake. Um, that's what, all I had on those. Yeah, same. I will report back on the methods that we use and if it works or not. Yeah. I've definitely used beer. I think I've even used soft drink before because I was just dizzy, dizzy like or yeah. something. And I didn't even bury my like oh. plates. I just had them out on the path. Yeah, yeah. Seemed to work. Yeah. Oh, I didn't cool. actually realise how many slugs I had mm. in one patch of the garden. Like It was chronic. Yeah, I know we've got tons because each time I empty a pot, because we put bricks and stones and stuff in the bottom of our pots to help with the drainage, oh, when you empty the pot out upside down in the bin and you see all the stones and stuff, there's just covered in slugs. It's <laughs> disgusting. So, so disgusting. <laughs> it just shocks me that you've got so many. And Jack's like, you can't put that brick in the green bin, it's hard fill. And I'm like, I'm not picking that up, it's covered in slugs. <laughs> I you think can't. the city council can handle this shot of brick. <laughs> oh, my and then Jack just gets it out and I'm like, that's on you. Like, I can't. I'm not touching it. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, you've got your limits. I do. I'm just trying to live my life as best I can. I'm like that with spiders. I don't mind them in the garden, but I hate them in the house. Yeah. I actually don't mind them in the house. I mean, I asked Jack to get rid of them, but they don't truly bother me so much in the house. It depends what they are. If it's a white tail, ugh, yes. Oh my um, God, there was a baby white tail in our room last night. When there's one, there's more. I know, the and it was somewhere. a baby, so I'm like, that's obviously hatched. Yes. <laughs> Good luck. Ugh. Oh. I'm sitting on Greer's furnishings. <laughs> <laughs> Libby has to go. <laughs> we, we must leave. I was just scratching herself. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> I say this because, as you know, that one summer at this time, I had... Or spring, I should say. 
And my house became a landmine. I had them everywhere, yeah. the white tiles. And like, you got a fumigator, didn't you? I did. Um, he used the stuff on the outside. He said it was non-toxic for kids, but, I mean, it clearly killed the spiders. <laughs> but he did my washing line, and our house was, like, invested with them. I found them everywhere, though, and they're like, as if I'd leave a clothes basket anywhere, they were in them. Oh. They were on the floor, like, in their bedrooms, they were in blankets, they were in towels. They were just, like, all around the house. And if I would kill them, I would just leave whatever I killed. Oh, yeah, them. like a warning to the others. Yeah, and I would just leave it there because I just didn't want to even pick up. Oh, the okay. <laughs> like, so the house became like landmine of like white tail carcasses. It was just, oh, yeah. Until Peter came home to deal with the carcasses. Yeah, no. And even that, I would like to say how brave I was at getting so close. Yeah. I've always got a fear that one's going to jump on me, even though white tails don't do that. <laughs> you just never know. Uh, shall we move on anyway? Yeah, moving We're on. Digressed. Digress. Aphids. Aphids. Um, I've gone through cycles of treating aphids in my garden and cycles of it's too far gone, let it be, let it be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even look into aphids because we the thing that we use works so well. Oh, okay. So we get a spray bottle, yes. fill it with water, one teaspoon of olive oil and one teaspoon of dishwashing liquid. Okay. Spray the plants like in the evening after the sun's gone because you don't want it to burn in the sun. Mm. So, You're putting some oil on it, cooking that baby. Exactly. So you want to do it in the evening once the sun's off the plant. And I just drench the plant in it. Well, not drench, but, you know, I make it wet, the whole plant wet mm-hmm. where the aphids are. And then do that every night for like three or four nights. Gone. Okay. So I've done the dishwashing liquid, but I've never done the oil. And I think yeah. that's the key you've done there. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I think it makes it slippy or something. I don't know. But they are just gone so we get them so many on our aquilegias our forget-me-nots our roses roses eh yeah but our aquilegias get infested with them i've never seen them on mine yeah it's really weird but so, maybe i've just never looked um at them. so we have just recently done a few nights of spraying probably last week and there's nothing on there now which is um amazing because yeah. usually with the soapy water that i've done before it's like continual that you have to do, mm. like continual applications of doing it and not just like a few nights. Yeah, um, it seems to work. And they might come back in a month or so, but then we'll just do it again. I've done also the blasting off of them with like just like a really strong hose on your roses. Mm. Sometimes I flick them mm. because I like to see them fly, but then sometimes I break the stem that I'm flipping. <laughs> It is quite satisfying. And Jack's like, why don't you just get the spray bottle? Like, <laughs> I'm like, mm. oh, sorry. Like running your fingertips along them and oh, then yeah, like yeah. Seeing, squeezing and seeing how many come off. That's quite satisfying. Um, yeah. And the same thing, really. You can just plant other beneficial plants that they might eat instead of. Mm-hmm. Um, and all good companion plants that like attract ladybirds and things like that, which eat yeah. the aphids. Um, and ants. Which no one wants ants, but... No, we get ants in our house. God, they're I know, the bane they, of our life. But they do. They eat the aphids. Yeah. Um, so, again, yeah, it's guess, that biodiversity. If you've got you a tolerate? really good... Yeah, if you've got a really good system in your garden, then the pests do keep themselves under control. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing, like, I looked at was there were two types of aphids in New Zealand, Right. Both of them, if you are going to go down the chemical route, show resistance to chemical applications. And, of course, it can be detrimental to 
like get animals and pets mm. and things and other wildlife yeah. and probably killing the ladybugs that you want to keep yeah. on there then eat them. Both of us are not big on chemical life no. in the garden, so I don't think we'll even... No. So um, that was just a warning. Yeah. There are people that want to do that, and the only thing it said about, which I'd never thought of, if you do have like a real issue with aphids, like really bad, um, you could just spray like the hotspot area that's bad and just not worry yeah. about the rest of it so that you're not overdoing it in your garden. Um, but also, I read because... Um, which is true, what I've seen, is like some roses are like completely attacked and others don't get yeah. attacked. And some actually still flower and maybe it's not like ideal, but a lot of plants can tolerate aphids to a degree quite well. Yeah. So like having some low level of them, if, you've, if you're sort of able to manage them a bit with just natural, I think you're not, it's not too much of an issue, is yeah. it? Yeah. I know they do some carry like, um, like, plant diseases and the things so if you've got a real problem i get it you're gonna work hard but even if you can just get it to a low level of aphids in your garden i don't think it's requires you having to get like a big chemical sprays and things no no exactly but each to their own no judgment here yeah no that's true yeah but i'm gonna definitely gonna try putting the olive oil oil. works so good yeah my mum used to put boiling water on them and i feel like that would just kill a plant (laughs) I've seen you like chuck a jug of water on her, like a rose shrub. Oh, well, maybe the hardier than you think, I guess. I mean, surely she wouldn't keep doing it if it just killed the rose. Yeah, she often does one of the climbers out by the front um, on the patio. So, you know, interesting method. But... I probably won't give that one a go. <laughs> no. But it's good to know about. Yeah. And I also, as you know, they like reproduce like crazy. But here's a fact of the day that one female creates um, 20 to 50 aphid babies asexually. Because they often in summer don't have males around for some reason. They're just all females. Mm. Yeah. In a 20-day cycle. Oh, my God. Not a horn dog because she's not just asexual, I guess. Yeah. But. So you think that's how what crazy a lady? Yeah. No wonder they're eating so much. <laughs> I know, crazy. So that's why they crazy. go for gold. Mm. Mm. She is a busy lady. She's a busy lady. It's <laughs> <laughs> surprising she's got time to eat that much. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So that's pests. If anyone has any questions about pests, yeah. And the other thing I was thinking, which we didn't get into, was more. I guess for us um, in summer, there'll be more like the like cabbage butterfly like white butterflies and things like that but up north i do know they have like a real problem with different moth varieties and all sorts which i'm not familiar with so if there are any questions we can and also i know that in rural areas you get like big pests like like possums Ah, I wasn't expecting you to go there with possums. So no, it's possums, yeah. yeah. So, I thought you were going to say like grubs because there are certain grass grubs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and like rabbits as well, oh. which I guess is why in a lot of rural areas you'd have veggie pots that are fully fenced. Yeah, um, But I did see, I might have been like grandma did on Instagram, and she was talking about the possums that come and eat the baby fruit on her fruit trees. Oh my God, how annoying. So annoying. And like, how do you stop that? <laughs> possum traps and killing them but yeah who's got time for that and they'll just be endless oh, actually... and then you have to deal with all these dead possums <laughs> who thought it was a good idea to bring possums oh, to new zealand honestly. absolute absolute idiot they're not even cute <laughs> an amateur hour no so yeah that's probably pests 
Pests. Okay, cool. Pests are done. So, thanks everyone for tuning back in to We Like to Garden Radio. Yeah, I hope you got some tips this week. I have. Same. And I will report back on the slugger control. Uh, Happy spring planting, basically. I know. Oh, my gosh. It's so exciting. Such a great time of year. And we've got some exciting things coming up. We do. We've got some really, really exciting stuff coming up that we will be sharing over the next couple of months. Um, Some great um, guest speakers that we're going to interview. And we've got um, a few gardens that we're going to go to. So we'll be reporting back on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, and maybe we should even just spitballing. Mm. Maybe we should even try and get like a, if there's people in Christchurch that are listeners oh, that want right. to like join us on a like go and see a garden. Maybe we should get something together, or we'll probably organise something maybe for November. Like, December. Yeah, November would be good. Yeah, and so if people are interested in that, yeah, just let us know. Yeah, and we'll probably put something out on socials once we've done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a look for the Facebook page that may be up by the time this episode goes out. Let's hope. Can we do it? We can. <laughs> and we can. And also Instagram at we like to garden. Mm, tell We've us. We've got an email at <laughs> we like to garden dot pod Lord. at yes, gmail dot com. Yes, at pod. At not at pod dot pod. Something never changed. Is anything that you would like us to talk about? Yeah, just give us a um, call. Um, it's always on room. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even click the internet. <laughs> I just did. Um, yeah, yeah, just email us again. Yeah, and there's always room in the schedule for more content. So yeah. if there's anything you want to hear about, let us know. Okay. And that's it for today, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.